Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Josh. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there in internet land who are new to the show and new to this whole little party, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Glad you made it. Hope it wasn't a long trip for you to get here. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. My friend Hit is on the show today. Hit of middle class millionaires. And for those of you who do not know him, you are about to learn a lot about him. And I'm going to keep this intro pretty short because our conversation goes for about an hour and a half. So I don't want to talk too much about it. It's just that he is a musician, a producer, and we talk a lot about the business aspects of what go into making your product successful your product being you know your music your band yourself your art whatever we're gonna get into it it's gonna be pretty fucking awesome so yeah less talk more rock Woo! sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking bait ah! <laughs> yeah that was a little intense <laughs> figures remember those they looked like the little gi yes yeah, yeah those are worth dough right now damn let me see how are we doing on the hello 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 it's good enough good. that'll be fine good. i ain't too worried about it Save this so yeah did you grow you grew up on some uh some nerdy shit dude i grew up uh <laughs> it's crazy i still remember the first time i watched ninja turtles and i was just my mind was blown it was like four o'clock in the afternoon i came home from school it was on tv and then it was like every day I was like, I'm home by four o'clock to watch sure. that. <laughs> I wish, I don't remember the first time I saw it actually, but I wish I did. I just remember oh, liking it. I remember where I lived. I remember like what the, <laughs> I remember the, the, cause we lived in like a real simple one floor house and like it was, it was like living room, then my room, then kitchen, then hallway, then bathroom. It was like a big apartment, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I remember just going in the back because that was the only place that they had clear reception and putting that um, putting that show on and just be As soon as the theme song came on, that's what it was because it came yeah. on after something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what is this, dude? It was like, it like blew my mind. And I bought, dude, that's all I wanted for Christmas. I wanted the toys. I wanted, sure. the, I had the Technodrome. I had the sewer. I had the. Yeah, I got the, the Technodrome and shit downstairs. Dude, that's awesome. And I, <laughs> I'm so mad at myself because. I mean, at the time, I needed money, and I had a, um, you might even have this, too. I had a, uh, a turtle cube, like a toy cube, and it had a turtle on each side. Oh, my God! I didn't even see that. I had that. That is crazy, dude. No, you do not. Wow. Wow, man. That brings back memories. I had this, and it was full of all my turtles. Yeah. All, 
the bottom had all the little weapons scattered among it, you know, and then for like 400 bucks on eBay, I sold the whole like crate. Oh, for Like I had, there was like, man, there was everything in there. For some reason, one toy sticks out and it's the, uh. Uh, tricer- the orange Triceratops. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with the guns, he had the real cool guns. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but when I look in my chest, that orange dinosaur stands out. Sure. I had a ton of turtle stuff. Dude. Um, some of it, which I still have, obviously. There's stuff lurking around. I don't know if you saw the shit over here. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and those are originals. Those yeah. Are originals here? Yeah, those oh, are OGs. Shit. But uh, I actually ended up selling a lot of my stuff just because I did. It was overbearing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was in my mid twenties in a room full of teenage mutant ninja turtle That's stuff. What happened, man. And I still probably have too much stuff <laughs> for someone my age. <laughs> but it's a lot better than it was. The way you present it is all that matters, and you present it in a way that's like, all right, we're gonna keep holding on to this. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No doubt. That's real cool, man. <laughs> did you grow up in Pittsburgh? Yeah, well, uh, I grew up, people always ask me where I'm from. You know, that's like the big mystery. Like, where's Hit from? And I, from the time I was a, a little kid to the time I was 14, we had moved every year. Our longest stay somewhere was like two, three years. Am I good on the volume? Yeah, I think we're all right. I'll just, uh, I'll fix it later. Normalize it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my longest stay somewhere was two, three years. But other than that, every year we always moved. So I lived in, like when I first found out about the Turtles, I lived in Squirrel Hill um then we moved to you know east liberty then oakland then garfield then i had an uncle we lived on the hill for a little bit so it was like all this uh like steeped in culture you know yeah that's like a thing i feel like i feel pittsburgh is one of my it is my favorite place and obviously because i'm still here born and raised (laughs) but the one thing i noticed from going to neighborhood to neighborhood and people to people is people stay in their little corner oh, yeah. of the of the Pittsburgh globe, you know? And I feel like it just put me at an advantage even now running the studio. It just, dude, just knowing, just getting used to everything, ro- like broke, rich, white, black, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you name it, I was exposed to it. And then by the time we moved over to Homestead, that's where we stayed at. Because the city at one point when I was 14 was getting like really bad. You know, it's not like now it's a biking community and people eating out on the corner. (laughs) Pittsburgh, you know, like over 10, 15 years ago was in a transition, you know, trying to get itself, um, just trying to get itself together, get itself right. You know, and that's when the the buses started acting up as far as uh, them wanting to cut buses. And we we went to that weird period where we were kind of like, um, we would have suffered the Detroit fate. If we wouldn't have had, you know, we have schools, so we have like CMU and Pitt and, you know, Point Park and all these places that brings people in that Detroit doesn't have. And so I I assume, I don't know, I didn't do the city's uh, growth charts, but, you know, from between that and um, and just having the sports teams that people love and all that, I guess just like a garden, it grew back. You know, everything died and then it grew back, which... Now it's awesome to live here. Now I tell people, now's not the time to leave. If you wanted to leave, that was 15 years ago, and I moved back. Now you want to live here because in 10 years, this place, there's just so much development and so much that, that they're going to do with this place that being here, you'd have to be a fool to leave, you know? How so, Start uh, somewhere else, you know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, same, same situation with me, honestly. Like, yeah. I moved around a ton as a kid, and even after I moved out of my house, it was like every year, every other year, yeah. I'm living in a different area. So I've lived... All over the place, you know, yeah. from 
just trying to get the cheapest yeah. rent and get the next <laughs> get the next month to month or yearly, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So uh your thing that you do is uh music. Yes. Producing. Yes. Things like that. Mm-hmm. That's recording, mixing, running a studio. Um dude, the studio I've just I've learned that is a really cool picture, and I I couldn't stop focusing on what it was. That picture right there. Yeah. <laughs> that is sick. As I look around your room, I'm probably gonna do this the whole time. I'm just finding things like, oh my god, that's blowing my mind right now. But yeah, the studio. I um, one thing moving around, I always did music. I always, from I'd say, six, seven, six or seventh grade. Uh, making cassettes you know and i i feel like you probably definitely did this where you take the two decks you play it for a second stop it loop it stop it loop it stop it loop in order to get the beat uh full beat on a tape though <clears throat> you know i fucked with tape decks but i didn't do that because i didn't get into hip-hop until later yeah but my experience with tape decks was my uh grandma had bought me like this real shitty little drum set and I had like yeah. a little keyboard and stuff. So what I would do is I would actually, I would like record myself playing like the shitty drum set and then loop on top of it. Oh. Me playing like a shitty keyboard thing and like yeah. saying vocals and stuff. Just like with a tape deck though. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What else are you going to yeah. use? How old are you? 32. Okay. So I'm turning 29 this year. So we're, we're right in the, there. We're man. in the same range of like, you know, we're in that 30 round. Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, uh, all right, so you got into hip-hop. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, heavy. Because um, that's another thing was um, I was always – I was like the – I was always the token white kid how I grew up. You sure. Know? It's so, for me, it was – but I come from – my stepdad was black, my mom was white, and she listened to country and whatever was pop on the radio, and my dad listened to – uh, he put me on a comedy records, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Bill Cosby, then the old stuff like uh, Average White Band and OJs and, you know, things like that. My mom was listening to fucking Dwight, Dwight Yoakam all the way to Fleetwood Mac, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but the, um, but just from being around that environment, my latch was hip hop rap music. Okay. Know? Plus early nineties, I was about 10 years old and that's, that's when the whole, Dre, I'm like a Dre baby era. You okay, know? yeah, yeah. Like the Chronic was. I heard the Chronic when it came out. Oh yeah. My stepdad was like, I don't know if I should let you hear this or not, but <laughs> dude, I guess you should just take it. And then Doggy Style came out, so I was able to witness these things come out. And I just remember not being old enough to go fully immerse in it, like go to concerts and things like that. But every chance I got, I'd oh, get it the was CD, big. Get the tape, you know. That stuff is still big. Those albums yeah, are dude. still they're classics. That's why I say, why don't they? I don't understand why music doesn't have that that impact no more. And I guess it's because it's become more of an industry. At that time, it, it had always been an industry from the '50s, '60s, rock, everything. But they're now we're in this weird like. This weird phase where, like today, I was in the studio with someone today, and they're like, they say, yeah, I'm just going to record this album. If this don't work out, you know, um, you know, it ain't nothing. I got a good job and everything, and I'm just doing it. If it don't work out, don't work out. But I come from an era where, <clears throat> like, you're making the music to make it work out. You know, like, you're in a situation you want to get out of, or you have, like, some shit going on in your mind that you need to get off your chest. Or, you know, you're like, this is my ticket out. Now it's more just uh, like, 
I'm gonna toss that in with everything else I'm doing, playing lottery, uh, rapping. Yeah. Like you know, it just becomes like if it pops off, it pops off. Not like this is life or death. Well, doing music. Yeah, there know? is that, and then there's also it's so much more accessible. Yeah. Oh for people to make something happen, mm-hmm. where it's easy to pick up music as a simple hobby. It's yeah. not difficult to record it anymore or to obtain especially nothing against it because i do hip-hop yeah but hip-hop in particular is very easy very now you know because you could go online buy a beat that sounds good for under 20 bucks (laughs) off some people and you're good to go then you find somebody else to record it it's not hard no you know you can get somebody to record you on the cheap or figure out how to do it yourself yeah yeah i mean you listen to like that early soldier boy stuff and it sounds like garbage terrible. the production is terrible <laughs> but you know he had charisma and it picked up and it worked for him yeah that's like little b records now even still yeah little, little, so, yeah he just does whatever and puts it out and i'm like it has a million views i'm trying to comprehend this right now <laughs> yeah i can't i i think that there's something i don't know some people just are able to hit the right mark yeah it it's that it. it it's that it dude and it took me so long you know when you're a teenager and you're coming up trying to make music and you know i've met with a and r's and record guys and managers and they're always like you know it's just that it you know it, th- this guy says you know this guy says uh cars and women and this guy says cars and women but why does this guy have a million views and this guy has 10 views you know and i can't it's so hard to put it on like what it is, it's just that it's in, it's in your soul and people yeah. can sense that, you know, and then that's what takes you to the next level. And there's a lot of people that it's like, a, like you said, it's a hobby or it becomes trying to like, like force feed, like force that sound, you know, like they're making the sound. The sound isn't them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like now we're in that we're in that era, era where people were just. Like you said, it's so accessible now, you know? Yeah, it's it's really hard for me. I think that I've become, I've been on like an emotional roller coaster with my Dude. music just over the past, I mean, probably since I started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're ready to toss it all out, the next day you're like, this is it. You yeah, know? yeah. I think that I, get, I have a really hard time, you know, when I come across something like that. Like, how is this getting so much attention and how is what I'm doing not? Yeah. And I feel like what I'm doing is like, uh, it's in your it's, soul. It's I'm like passionate about it for sure. Yeah, and I know that it's not gonna. It's not. It doesn't have the appeal that a little B song yeah. has or something like that. Yeah. It's talking to a different group of people. Yeah, and it's talking to a group of people that aren't really like the type of people that are gonna like reach out and like acknowledge. Like they're rebellious to begin yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. If you're making music for rebellious people, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get. They <laughs> to don't get, get them e- not rebel against you. Yeah, they don't. They don't get excited about things, you know. <laughs> right. Because they're all just as jaded as I am. Right. Wow, that is a that's an epiphany for real, man. Yeah. Holy so shit! That, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> but it's like that's like. What do you do? That's what I wonder. What is it? I that just you keep do? just keep doing it. You yeah. know, like it's if. For me, it's like I have this thing too. Like, okay, like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Kind of like the person earlier. Right. But for me, the situation is if it happens, it great because it's on my terms and right. I'm doing what I want to do. Right. You know, if I could easily try to shift gears and do something that might be more yeah. commercially acceptable yep. to, you know, 
chase that, but it's like if I get recognized for something, I want it to be for something real. I want to be recognized for myself, yes. not for preserve being your me. character as much as you can. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I want to preserve my character by not being a character. Uh, yeah, right, dude. You right. know, but I'll tell you what, what you did, you guys are genius for the team best thing. That I feel if you just. You even have the image of it down, the like yeah. audience of what it is. You just need to put it in front of more people. I yeah, always it's... say there's really never a bad movie. There's not a bad song. There's not a bad idea. It's just a matter of how many people have access to it to make it a good movie, a good idea, a yeah. good whatever, you know? The thing with Team Best, that was definitely like, it's fun. Yeah. We, we have a lot of fun doing it. That's definitely outside of my normal realm and something that is more commercially acceptable yeah. yeah but it's really hard to get people to pay attention to it and take it seriously yeah but not take it too seriously because that's not the point no it's not yeah you so can tell. Yeah. and i mean we it's a thing where you know we put out a new song and then like you know 100 likes and then i check the plays 30 plays right <laughs> right right uh, it's like right, i know what you mean all of our friends wanna they like want to like and acknowledge that we're doing things. Yeah. But they can't take the time out to actually, like, listen to it. Yes. Every once in a while, people still, like, I just listen to that Team Best stuff, and it's fucking crazy. And I'm like, thanks. Like, yeah. when did you start doing that? Like, oh, we put that stuff up, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Shit. You know? And I'm – the problem with me is I always have, a like, things going on. So I'm trying to promote this, mm -hmm. do this, do this. So hats. I'm already too many hats, man. Yeah, I'm I know. pushing out a lot of stuff at once. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people either just get confused with what's what, what am I doing? Right. Or just people are just tired of seeing it because everybody else is doing their own fucking thing. You're too. right. You know what it is today is we, it needs to be, I've learned. And that's why I said team best, such a good idea for you. You just really need to, anything you do, the imagery of it has to be really narrow now you know so like maybe a, a cd cover with uh with a bullseye on it like that like that bullseye cover yeah but we'll say today we'll, well now we'll make it like neon colors because we're in 2014 and now people will like rather than even know the music it's all about brand it's all about the brand now yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so so like you putting the videos out there and you doing that is a good thing because it's keeping people with like you, I can only imagine if I do know the team best thing and I've known about it, I've always followed up with you on it before. It makes you wonder how many people are out there that actually know about yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing too is you can't always assume. You cannot. Yeah, dude. because you know there You might have a you might have 10,000 fans in like Russia and not <laughs> even know and you go over there to do a show and you're like, "We're moving to Russia. This is where our fan base is." You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird, you know, but I just stay kind of positive about it. And yeah, you, you if it's to, the thing is like with Jasmine, she's in school and she double major, she's double majoring. Yeah. So she's just like, I don't like, we basically do team best stuff when she's not. That's doing her hobby. That's, yeah. You're yeah. a passion music. She's like the session. That's like, Hey, if it works out, it works out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's not super concerned with it. So we, it's, I, we can't put the time into it that we want to. Like we were talking about, we want to shoot a video for the new song that we did and stuff and whatnot. But uh, I don't think that we're going to probably do it until she's on school break or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a lot. Like you said about wearing hats. That's another thing. Now I'm at the point in what I'm doing is I'm getting real specific. 
you know, and it's actually driving me just as crazy as doing a lot of things because my brain wants to make new records, shoot videos, record at the studio, um, expand as a brand, do I'm so Berg, stay socially active with people online and stuff. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's, it is moving. Like we're moving forward. It's just, it, you don't see the giant leaps because it's like we push a little bit here, then all right, that's gonna chill, and we push a little bit here. We push a little bit here, and we go all the way down the line, and we push everything we're doing, and then we start back at the beginning, and we push a yeah. little bit more, as opposed to we're just on that one thing, like, huh, 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 pushing it until it's like all the way ahead, and then we say, all right, now what's the next thing we wanna do? And that's what I feel all the great people, from the Steve Jobs to someone who wants to be a president to, um, I don't know, Henry Ford, it was just, I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to crush at this one thing, Yeah, you know, and I, that, that is my problem. I don't know. You, it sounds like you suffer with it too, <laughs> is my brain gets so bored doing maybe the one thing I have passion for. It, I love it. We'll say recording, but then I'm like, man, in order to mix this up and stay fresh, I need to go make some of my own music or I need to do a show or do a video. And it's, it's kind of ADD syndrome, you know, yeah. and it's like just trying to, um, I don't know, man. The problem with <laughs> me too many is that I'm a control freak yeah. and I don't like putting my art into other people's hands or having other people have some sort of say of what I'm doing. So, you know, tell that's me a... about this. In the beginning, you making music, right? Did you try studios? Did you try video guys? And, and it just never turned out how you wanted it? I never tried a studio. Um, I had, I started recording my own stuff pretty early and got all the stuff. So that was, studios were never really an issue. Yeah. But because of me learning how to do it so young, yeah. I never saw the point in having somebody else do it. Yeah, yeah. With the exception of like live bands and shit, because I can't record drums and things like that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not that skilled. But yeah, I had somebody make a video for me before and it just didn't turn out the way that I wanted. Yeah. I'd ask people to like Build do, a website. do art for me, like yeah. things like that. And yeah. it's just like, well, fuck, like I'm good enough. I could probably figure out how to do this. So I start doing my own videos. I could figure out how to do my own t-shirt designs. Mm -hmm. Like, and then it goes to printing. I'm like, well, fuck, I could probably figure out how to screen print. So then I learn how to screen print. That's awesome. Is that and harder than it looks or easier than it looks? It's just more expensive than it looks. Okay. <laughs> lots of kits, <laughs> lots of time, lots of all that. Yeah, yeah. That, it's not hard. Nothing's hard. Yeah. Just you know? time consuming. I yeah. Think. It's That's just, it you just got to put the time into it. But it's, uh, you're, I'm only one person. Right. So, you know, even if all of that stuff is revolved around pushing Sykes, mm -hmm. it's still like, well, shit, you know, <laughs> like I'm writing it, right. I'm recording it, right. I have to book the shows, right. I got to handle uh, merch, like if I'm going to, if there's going to be a design for something, okay, I'm going to design it, Yeah. I'm going to print it, yeah. I got to finance it, like it's always like, I mean, outside sources come here and there every once in a while, I might have somebody help me with things a little bit, Yeah. over the years I've come into contact with more people who I feel like I could trust right, right. with my and becoming my, more trusting yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah with my product yeah you know the brand that is Sykes, Sykes whatever right, right um so I'm getting better at it but it's just it's such a long process but in the end it'll be worth it like, like that's we've been working on this new album for so fucking long <laughs> 
But it really <laughs> hasn't really been that long. Right. The issue is like when everybody's available because now I'm working with a band. Right. It's like, oh, we're only able to get together maybe one day a week, one day every other week you for a couple hours. Right. You know, right. whereas before when I was doing it myself, I could bang out a whole album in like two months. Yeah. Because it's just you. I'm making beats. I'm recording the vocals. I mix it master it in quotes whatever right i make it sound louder <laughs> right <laughs> oh no hey that's a whole other yeah. subject yeah, yeah, no. Man. Jeez. <laughs> no uh yeah I, we i don't think anybody wants to hear a talk mm. about mastering <laughs> you never know though yeah i know a couple people that might be like oh yeah let's talk about yeah. this um it's just it's a lot to handle you're right man and you uh consolidate them hats man that once you master one thing and not the jack of all trades, you'll have all the freedom, all the time, all the success you want. It's just, what do you want to master? That's like, that's the burning question for every person. Yeah. What do you want to master? I always wonder sometimes too, like, I feel like my strongest suit is in production. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm a strong, I could write, I could, I mean, I just think like, the production is my best bet. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder, would I be better just producing stuff for other people? Yeah. Or would I be better just making videos for other people? Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I so, why is my ego so driven for the spotlight? Right, right, dude. I know, man. You know, and I don't think, that's why I asked you earlier if you had got burned and that's why I got to this point. Because see now, backwards, my issue is, let me tell you something. I've paid for, and I've done it multiple times, and I'm so proud that I'm still at least trusting of people. Is I've paid for videos, I've gone to studios, I've paid for websites to get done. I everything that I do, like you do, I I eventually had someone I burned on money, burned on quality, burned on whatever. So you know, after two, three times that happened, and in each category of thing, you're just like, I'm just gonna do it on my own, you know. And there was actually a period of time there. Right before I opened a studio, the studio made me way more trusting in people again because it put me, it just put me in situation to where you have to be trusting, you know, like yeah. trust, trust the sound that they want, trust, trust their idea, but then in return they'll trust you to get it there, you know. And there was a time where I was like, screw everybody, I was like, I'm just gonna do everything on my own, you know. I really worked like even when we went as far back as like the beat battles, right? And, you know, me and you could obviously tell those they were like pyramid schemes pretty much. Oh, as yeah, far yeah. As like who's winning and things. And that was like, you know, all of that built into that. Because even when I went into that, when you're a kid making music or you're someone who who's just your mind is only in the passion, not the business, not the branding, not any of that. When your mind is just in that, you see the innocence and in everything. Right. So, sure. you know, like I have a chance to win this battle or. I can uh, have a chance to influence this person or this person might see the good of me. So they're going to do good. And it's, it's like, you don't get caught up in, you're not getting caught up in, in, or should I say it's like the red pill, blue pill. You don't see exactly the matrix going on, you know, whether it's there or not, right. You're still ignorant. Right. And, And, and you know this, I know you know this. But it's actually there. Oh yeah. And yeah. until I I meet people and they're like, yeah, right. But then a couple years later, they're like, hit. They come to the studio. You know, they. I try and tell them the way to do it to save time because it took me so long to do it. I'm like, hopefully to save you time. They come back. They do it their way and they come back two, three years later. I've had clients do it and they're like, you were right. Whatever the case may be, burned on this or say someone was giving them a management deal and I'm like, is that really real? You know, like I'm always yeah. like. Help, trying to help people find the real in things, you know, and it's just, 
I don't want to take that long anymore. Like you said, the ego. Now with the studio, I'm back into trusting people. And now I'm probably actually going to venture out and do a video, have someone else do a video for me. And because you would know as well as I do, dude, editing and rendering. And oh, it takes time. That, that is enough to rip your hair out, you know? Yeah. So it's just. I like the process. I just don't have the time for I don't it. have the time. There's yeah. 24 hours in a day. I like to get a solid night's sleep. <laughs> because of how hard did I go when I'm up, you know? Yeah. And Because once I'm going, it's like zzz, all the way, all the way until it's time to go to sleep again. You know, I was at the studio today, come here, do the podcast with you. I'll go home and make a couple beats for like licensing and doing stuff. And then once I'm burned out, it's more like, yeah, burn out, fall asleep and wake up like, let's go again. And that's because, again... I'm doing a hundred things and now that's kind of my goal. I'm trying to get away from that. I don't want to do a hundred things. If you could do it half as good as I can do it, I'm going to let you do it and hopefully get better at it. And then, you know, later down the line, we can continue to work with, with each other and grow and things like that. But I got to start planting the seeds of trust now if I want them to really grow into something yeah. later, you know? Yeah. I, I want to have uh this huge like projection thing behind me when I play shows. Yeah, that's tight. I don't want to have like a different video for each of the new oh, songs. Yes, dude. Um, Your live show, dude, the way you organize that, like when I came to that practice, that show is going to be crazy. When is that show? The actual show that you were practicing for? We don't have, we're, we're studio rehearsing right uh, now. Okay. The, Just getting ready. That's yeah. It. That's the thing is I, I don't want to do this thing where we go into the studio and we're writing. Yeah, yeah. Even though, because I mean, well, what we're doing is my friend Matt is going to be recording all of the drums yeah. and all of the vocals. Oh, okay. Um, that's a thing with letting somebody trust. Mm -hmm. I'm more than capable of doing it myself. Right. But recording your own vocals is a nightmare. Right. I've done it more than enough times. <laughs> and I feel like, honestly, in the at the end of the day, it hinders my performance. Yeah. Because there's probably takes that are awesome that I'm overlooking. Yep. And, there's, and then I'm also just getting frustrated and settling on takes that aren't as good as they should be. Yes. It's a mixture. I need somebody there, you know, who I trust that can engineer properly. Mm -hmm. They, you know, you don't can want be to babysit like, them. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Somebody that can be like, that was good or yes. that was fucking stupid. What are you doing? Yeah. And I know right. he'll do it. So <laughs> it's, I'm into it, yep. but you know, I want to make sure the drummer has everything down and mm -hmm. whenever I'm tracking all the guitar and bass stuff, we're not sitting around like, Ugh, do it again, do it again. Right. I just fucking want to get it done. Right, right. That's Plus, really it, smart, it'll man. make the live show tighter too. Like, I don't want to have the album recorded and then we have a show and it's like, everybody's like, how do I play these songs? Like, right. What the fuck do you mean? How do you play these songs? <laughs> exactly. We're supposed to be a band. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's Fuck. cool. You use those same guys every every time you start playing out. Um, I am now. My the last album that I put out, it was the same drummer, but I had a different guitar player and the bass player wasn't involved, yeah, and I had yeah. a DJ. Oh, that's tight, dude. So, but why no DJ this time? I just the like if I get like not. I don't really want that sound. Oh, I, I got you know. <laughs> I got you. You it's don't just, want like it's like it would be like. Uh, head pee a little bit. Yeah, like, maybe. In that range. Maybe like that's the thing is, uh, what unintentionally happened was I accidentally made a rap rock album. Right, <laughs> and you're like, fuck. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I grew up listening to like Rage Against the Machine, mm -hmm. and I liked Limp Bizkit. I like right. all that shit. I don't have a problem admitting it. Like, right. you know, I was, I'm a new metal kid. Like, it's it's fine. Yeah. But that's not really what I wanted to do. So, uh, got some different people involved that I feel could like 
make a that I could do hip hop without it sounding like rap rock. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're working on. Yeah. You got a real unique sound. I'll, I'll tell you that. It was that you've always had this like, I, I just can't explain it. It's like, you know, it's an electronic sound, but it's, I don't hear it done. I don't hear what you do done often. It just the sound. And that's that. See now back to that, back to that. It you know what I mean? Like, you have infused a, this flavor from you that is Sykes that you're not going to be able to get somewhere else. Even if they yeah. use the same things you used, all of that, there's just, it's a flavor. It's like me mixing music. You know, now I'm to a point where, dude, I've recorded so many damn different voices and beats and things that came into that studio that now I just have a specific flavor. It's not, what you do isn't based off uh solely of course we're inspired but you're not like trying to mimic something yeah you're just doing what like feels good to you and that's the same here and that's when you get truly originals that's where i say this guy's talking about cars and women he's talking about cars and women but why is he sell a million you know that's because he's not mimicking it he's saying it to say it like that's what he's supposed to be doing you know and this guy's like i could blow up if i talk about this thing yeah i mean so it gives you that it's that little extra inch that by not copying something that you gain to make it yeah. original to you, you know. Yeah, I feel like I struggle though because what I'm doing is unique and I recognize that it's unique. Yeah. But I feel unique, like a man. lot of people don't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't listen to music for they're not looking for something unique no and that's why there's so much of the same bullshit yeah and i mean it goes in the movies too that's why you see movies remade and remade like and remade horror movies yeah. suck now <laughs> people how just... did horror movies become so bad <laughs> dude i'm waiting for one to come out now it's like now they come out like all those um you know like haunting in connecticut like movies like that where i'm just like it started to go downhill when i remember this era when the ring remember the ring first came out i like the first ring movie, i liked though. it too but i feel like that was this arch where they're they they were like all right all horror movies are going to be like this now you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, there was no experimentation and it's it went back they took the it factor away and was just like let's just keep giving them this because they're going to keep on coming you know what i mean i hate that but, you know, that's how people work. Some people just aren't. I feel like we have this different mindset because we're like kind of behind the curtain. Yeah. And we see how things are done. Yeah. We understand the production value of everything. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate it on a different level. Yeah. And we're able to be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's not. Yeah. Right. Most the normal person Got is that. just kind of like, oh, like this is new. This is old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's it doesn't matter if it's the same thing over and over again. You, I, get, I lose track, too, and I know you do this. Is like I, Sometimes I feel because of everything I find out about music and how it works and create music and all that, I, it's because we're in the industry of it, like me and you both know what we're doing, so we'd be hyper-competitive and making sure it sounds good. But I forget about the people like tonight. This guy brought his buddy. He doesn't rap or nothing. He just came to the studio with him. And he's looking at Pro Tools, and he's like, How'd you make that beat play like that? And I was like, oh, I just like press play. You know what I mean? He was like, but wait a minute. He was like, because they wanted a beat off YouTube. That's what it was. So YouTube to MP3, ripped the beat, yeah. had the wave, drug it in, in a Pro Tools. And he's like, 
he's like, I don't even know how the hell you did that. He was like, that's blowing my mind. But to me and you, that's like, that's like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And like, I'm looking at them initially like, dude, are you serious? But then I'm like, there are still people out there with the innocence that are like, I don't know how you did it, but it sounds good. You yeah. Know? And sometimes I'm like, how do I get that back? Like even for a day, like how do I, how does play on Pro Tools blow my mind? You know, how can I get back to that? <laughs> But, um, shit, so how did, I guess we'll go back to from your loop and tape deck beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did it, where did it progress? So, so I went, uh, loop and tape deck beats and I had, um, first it was that loop and tape decks. Then at 14, I got a, um, I got a set of belt driven turntables from Gemini's XL 100s to be exact. And they came with it. It was a little package it came with. It was like... Oh, was it like the little DJ sound pack? Like or... bundle? Yeah, yeah, like... Dude, I, uh... <laughs> do you know Momon Adon? Uh-uh. Do you know him? He's in Fortified Phonetics. They're Mm-mm. like a local underground hip-hop. Mm-mm. They're oh, dope. Hip-hop. You should check them out. But, uh... He was in here a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about how, like, one of the first things he got was that, like, pack. Ge- yeah. Of, I don't know if yeah. it was the Gemini ones, but yeah. I remember that was like a new thing at the time. You could get like, there was XL 100s, 300s, 500s, 1000s, and it was like 399, 599, 899. It'd be like a mixer, a mic, two things. And here's what's crazy is I started, so I would, I really got into DJing at that point. Like I was blown away by beat matching and taking acapellas and putting them on instrumentals and I had yeah. the vinyl singles and I'm like, I'm blown away by this. But the reason why I bought it was, uh, like I said, I had always had this music drive, and literally in ninth grade, they I was new to the school. It was like I moved over out of the city, and um, I'm sitting in a chorus class, and I overhear the teacher say, you all right? Yeah, that? we're good. I overhear the teacher say, um, man, we don't have a DJ for our dance Saturday. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I didn't own turntables. I actually never touched a turntable in my life when I heard her say this. And just that, whatever that little bug is that pushes you, I literally went up there and said, hey, I, I, heard, I was 14 at this high school. And I'm like, I heard you needed a DJ. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I DJ. And she said, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but I'm going to need the money up front. I was like, I don't DJ for gigs. Like 14 years old saying this. <laughs> I'm like, I need the money up front. I was like, how much is it? She was like, we'll pay you $300. It was three ninety nine for this kit. I knew I had some money saved up. Yeah. I said, all right, cool. I said, I just got a beer Saturday to set up. Went home, ordered this kit, got the shipping same day, came in like Thursday, Thursday afternoon, <laughs> Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday. All I did was, just like you, real tech savvy, you yeah. know, from growing up on Nintendo and toys and all that. I was like, all right, learn this. It's a start. It's a stop. And then I did the gig. It was a ninth grade dance. So it was cool because it like initiated me in with people at the school oh yeah and when it was done people who throw those dances there's of course the adults in the committee but there's always like a little committee of students you know and so after that they were like you're our dj forever because see again the innocence i didn't have no rules so i was playing anything i was <laughs> blending anything i i was just playing whatever that was when like i'll never forget it it was like black rob's woe was popular still dre was like yeah. hot uh like things like that and i'm like I'm just playing whatever, swear words, no clean records. And, you know, they're like ninth grade drunk, like snuck drunk, and they're all happy because it's like that. And then after that, I DJed for uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th grade. I did all the dances in my school, other schools, prom, semis. This led me to, that was like my high school work. 
you know, and, but then after that, but as I DJ, I'd have the local guys who rapped come over and we, you know, make little mixtapes and rap, you know, quality was terrible. Yeah. Now the evolution, this is where I jumped. We were recording on record. I was putting it on tape and I'm like, this quality needs to get better. I was like, I, I don't know how to do it. And I had a buddy in a, I always knew band guys. I had a buddy in a rock band then, and he was getting rid of a Tascam four track tape cassette recorder. Okay. And at the time you had to buy special cassettes that you could record four tracks on. And that like blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. So I could just keep recording on it and it'll just automatically do it, you know, like go over top, but not erase what's already there. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm like blown away by that. So I'm like, dude, I can have the beat and then we can each rapper. Cause at that point we didn't get too complex. I'm like three guys, three tracks. Now I can like do it all. And it's a lot easier, you know? And that's what brought me into the art of mixing and, and working with other people. And I was one of the only people who owned, I bought a Pioneer tray-to-tray CD burner. That's when they were like okay. CDR audio that you had to find, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was $1,100 when it came out. I DJed all week at this. Uh, it was this. It was um, Homecoming week. I was the DJ for every girl that was on Homecoming. Every girl. So I was there six days that week. Monday through Saturday, getting... Two three hundred dollars a night to do these like hall parties and stuff. Yeah, took all that money. I was like, I'm getting this CD burner. <laughs> I was like, because then I'm thinking, I'm like, this is about to blow everyone's mind. And then I was able to have CDs. And so then, I've always had the business mind of it. So then I was flipping CDs. Like people come to me, like, dude, you could put my stuff on CD, and I'd be like, yeah, it'd be you know, 50 bucks for 10 CDs or something, which is like <laughs> you know crazy. But the CDs are so expensive. But and it would take. It was only a 2X burner. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, so you're talking 30 minutes of CD. I'm there all day burning these 10 CDs, you know? So so I started doing that and uh, um, started mixing, recording people. Then we started doing shows. And then I took in high, this, all this high school, this evolution of high school was crazy. And then I took a video productions class. And then that's where I got the itch for videos. Okay. Because then I, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, so all I got to do is sign this camera out and make sure I bring it back tomorrow or after the weekend. And I could take this, I could film whatever I want. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, give me a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, now I'm like, now I'm the it guy locally because I'm burning CDs. I DJ for people. I'm able to replicate CDs for other people, and now I'm freaking, um, uh, dude, I lost my fucking train. The video. Oh, video. And now I'm shooting a video. So that's what I did. I, um, I had two guys I really liked that I work with and that I met when I first moved over there. So then we shot a video and put it in a little contest. Like, you know, you go to high school and they take people, all the high schools, and they show their videos at conventions and things okay. like that. And, um, but then after that, then after that, through all that, though, life was always rocky. You know, life was always rocky as fuck. Every time I want to do something, I, my the parents that I had, you know, just everything was, like, bad. And it was hard to sustain this passion when they're just kind of, like, on the verge of just putting me out. Just because, I mean, that's just... Lived a fucked up life, you know. It was okay, like ain't yeah. enough time, ain't enough money for you. You know, you're a man now. You're 17 or 18. You gotta get the hell out the house. You know, one of those deals. So then I hit a patch there for like two, three years where I'm finishing out my senior year in a car. Like everything, you know, it wasn't like 
became like unfun. I was trying to transition and I lost all like some of my equipment, but I always kept some with me. But in between all of that, now in those three years when I was struggling, I'd stay in people's houses and I'd have like a studio in their basement and it'd be 10 bucks an hour because I'm sorry, I skipped a step there. As soon as I turned 18, I was like, all right, the tape deck thing ain't working. Tapes are obviously at this point are going out of style. CDs are in heavy rotation. Um, I needed better turntables. I needed all this stuff. So I'm like, um, I'm like, if I'm going to record, I need to be more efficient. So then I went from the cassette four track to the digital boss started making the digital. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you had to bounce them all down in order to make more tracks and all of that boss BR like five Oh five or something, something like so little. It took a, like a little flat flash card and 128 megabytes, I think, that it's storage, <laughs> you know? 512, I, my mind was blown when I was able to upgrade. And that's what I would do. I had a mic, I had that, and I would, people's attics, people's basements. Eventually, I got my own little apartment and, you know, 10 bucks here, 20 bucks a song. Like, I think back on it, I was, like, so cheap to deal with so much, like, bullshit. But I always wanted music to fund my ventures, you know? I didn't want to, um, basically... I didn't want to sell weed forever or work at Shop and Save forever. <laughs> sure. And I was like, you know, I, I need to find a way to make money that's, you know, it's already stressful as hell in my situation. At least how I make my money could be what I love doing, you know. So then I started recording. And then at that time, I was about 19, 20, whenever I was uh, like trying to almost on my feet. And I had a decent job and I was recording people and I was putting little tapes out for myself and stuff like that. But then that's when uh something happened and for like six months i didn't have nowhere to live so i stayed with uh i stayed with my girl for a little bit the girl i met at the time at this house is crazy how like a string of events happens and i moved um i moved in with them for six months and i was like look i was like now i'm gonna get my shit together and i saved up this money for like six months to a year i wound up getting my own apartment like it was all mine i didn't have roommates or nothing like that I'm like, now's my chance. I want to do like studio again. I always had this in my brain to do the studio. So I, I took my digital four track. I got some speakers and I recorded for a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to need to upgrade again if I want to compete, you know, and, and always stay ahead of the curve. And then that's when I was introduced to Pro Tools. And it was like everything changed after that, you know, because someone that I knew that was like 10 years older than me at the time, he was getting out of it and he always let me borrow his keyboard and make beats and do stuff. And I told him, what should I do if I really want to um, improve my sound, improve my ability? He's like, he's like, you're going to need two things. And he said, I'll never forget to this day. He said, you're going to need monitors and you're going to need a DAW. And he said, Pro Tools is like it. And at that time it was like Pro Tools 4.2 or 3.7 with the blue box that was like awkwardly shaped. And I don't know. I've dude, never been a Pro Tools guy. Oh, so. dude, it was crazy. It was like the original Pro Tools. Yeah. And I'll never forget sitting down and he loaded it up for me, took care of everything. And I sat and he said, all right, so what do you want? I was, he said, I'll stay for a half hour. He was like real quick. He was like, I'll just show you how to use it and then I'm out of here. <laughs> And because he didn't want to make music at all no more. He's like where I'm at now. I was 22. He was 32, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So I record a verse real quick. I put a hook on the art of recording. I come from having to get it one take. So recording wasn't like an issue. And then I record it and I take like five, 10 minutes and like put like one plug in on it. I look at him like, so what do I do now? And he was like, I was like, is this it? And he's like, 
now you just gotta mix. And I was like, how long do I mix for sounds right? And he was like, you just gotta keep mixing and don't stop mixing. And I was like, really? And I took it in the living room and I listened to it and I was like, this doesn't sound very good at all. And he was like, well, I gotta go. He was like, I'm sure you'll figure this all out. And so I took like two, three years of like, not really uh, making money, but just bringing people on to record them and record them for fun. And I've recorded tons of music myself and the beat battles were going on. So I was like making beats and doing all that and getting familiar with the workflow and, and how to make things easier and listening through monitors and, and so much, so much different stuff. And then by, um, by like 20, 25, 24, 25, I had a job working at, uh, I was working at PF Chang's at the time. I was making really decent money and uh, I did that for a couple years and I kind of like faded. I was still making music myself, but I faded from the art. Like I faded from it being a uh, priority, you know, I still loved it and did it, but you know, I was getting paid good at this job. I was kind of nonchalant for like three, four years. And then I left that job to get my CDL to drive school buses and I drove school buses for a little bit. And then I got into a car accident and that was like, I had a lot of time. I had to get a new hip and all that. I had like wow. six months that I spent a month in a hospital and then five months, like a month at my house, not walking. Then a month semi walking and building up to walking, you know? And like in that time, Evan, uh, I met Evan. Well, I've always known Evan, but he called me, he said, I have a room. He said at this building and I had always said probably like, that year, like the year before the car accident right in there, I just kept saying, I need somewhere to open a studio. It could be above a garage. It could be in somewhat an extra room. I was like, I don't know where it's going to be. I was like, I just know that I really want to run a recording studio. I was like, I just, I have the experience now. I want to take it public. And he called me one day. I was just sitting there just burning time. And he's like, uh, He's like, whenever you get back on your feet, I got a room. He said, everyone's leaving who split the room with me. It'll just be me and you, and we could split the rent, and you could put your studio in there. He said, I just want to keep my drums and my guitar in there and jam whenever. And I was like, cool, man. And um, and when I got in that room, that room was, it looked like the room you're in now. It was oh, just yeah. a shithole. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, if anyone knows them rooms, they're shitty. Dude. There was kkk and blood stains on the wall and fuck your mother and you know what i mean like yeah. it was just fucked everywhere and i'm looking at it and my buddy's like uh my buddy always believed in me my buddy nick b he said uh he said dude i don't know how we're gonna make this into a well-known studio but i got my trust in you you know because it was a shithole so then you know we mapped it out that's why i say your room reminds me of the studio because when you come in when you come in my studio at the building you're going to be like, I don't even feel like I'm in the building anymore. Yeah, I, like, need to, I need to check it out. Yeah, we put new walls up. We painted everything. We, I mean, we made it a serious, it's a recording studio. You know, when you walk in, you know that right as a client, you know. Do you, uh, when people come in for the first time, they looking like real sketched? From the front door to the studio front door, up, up them steps, they're always like, this is fucking crazy. And then they walk in and close the door and they're like... I did not expect that at all. Like they were waiting for some like sick looking shit. You oh know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like you're tracking like, them in like a torture room from a saw movie. They were waiting for that, dude. I love it. And their face goes like from this to like, wow. Okay, I see it now. You know, and now this is where um, and what's crazy is that. 10 minutes I took to explain that story. It felt like it took just as long for it all to happen. It feels like just yesterday 
I was doing all that. You yeah. Know, like trying to build up. When did when did you start the uh, studio? Oh, the studio I started. Um, the studio I started in two thousand and nine going into 2010 okay and so like 2010 was kind of like i was still finishing up and i was still trying to figure out like how the how this whole pricing structure i was going to do worked and everything and then 2011 was when i got rolling because um man that's like i said my life is kind of uh it's like a nut everything has been a nudge for me and i don't know what it's nudging me to but um uh i did the studio i opened the studio i keep losing my train of thought here um, oh, 2011 was when we really got rolling. And then I met someone who would ultimately become my accountant, who would ultimately lead me to meeting people who helped me uh, build my business plan, build like a strategy for like becoming where I'm at now. You know, you see the MCM logo everywhere. You, you know what I do. People in a building know what I do. People in a city know what it is, what we do, you know? Yeah. And I've been fortunate now this past three years in business I've just met so many business people. You know, I meet a lot of artists and that's really cool, but I met a lot of people who gave me a lot of insight as to, you know, budgeting yourself and setting goals and year goal, five year that's goals. That's the shit and, I'm bad at. Yeah, that. <laughs> and that's where, and I, that's actually where I excel. And that's the roughest thing to excel at is structure and business and keeping things moving because you can only keep moving as hard as that person wants to keep moving. So it's kind of like what I'm getting at is I tried being like a manager and taking on artists. You know, I shot some, uh, did some videos and did some stuff like promotion work for some people locally. And, but the issue was they want you to be the magic key. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't want to work for it. No, it's, they don't. Yeah, they forget. No. They, they think once you take over, they're about to blow up and they don't get, now it just doubles your work power. You yeah. Know, it's not supposed to like take it off of your shoulders. Now you're like really gotten the strength, yeah. you know, and no. th th that'll drive you crazy because your passion, my passion is like, dude, if you ain't passionate about this, I'm not going to waste not one more second on you. Oh yeah. I, I got to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Like my thing is like, I always just like, I just want to create and I don't want to like take the time to like sit down and like right. fuck with Instagram and Twitter and right. stuff. I mean, I do it. In my free time, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, but I don't, I'm just bad at networking and talking to people. It's just like, and that's really, important. I didn't spend like, cause I mean like growing up, like I had friends here and there and stuff, but I was like kind of like a weird kid. I didn't talk to a whole lot of people. It's like, I've spent the past decade, like defining this sound. Right. Right. And I don't have another decade to learn how to do business. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like, how the fuck do I catch up? Right. You know, if, if I had the if I had the same amount of skill that I have in my production yeah. in the business shit, I'd be okay right now. But yeah. I just don't. Yeah, that's and that's kind of that's kind of now. That's why I try and explain to people. You know, I made a post the other day and and it said, um, "Dude, talking to you is great." First, I just want to say that oh, this okay. is like fantastic. <laughs> I'm I'm in love right now. Just, <laughs> just tell this story and talk with you and the vibe, but. Now I'm at this spot where it's hard for me to, I said, it's hard. Who do you talk to when no one's done what you've done? And now I'm to this point where I need, it's, it's kind of like an artist that signs the major label deal because there's no way you're going to get that type of publicity and budget unless that's what you have. And that's kind of where I'm at now because you got to think like everything I started was a grassroots thing. This whole MCM thing was just, 
it was something that started years ago and I just kept building, building, building and other people helped me out. And, you know, I'm not a team of 20 people. I'm a team of one person with 19 people who are like, Hey, if you ever need something, call me, you know, but they're not like actively every day MCM, you know, they're just resources if I need them. And now I'm to this point where I'm like, how do I, how do I, I feel like I hit my ceiling kind of as far as, uh, money I can bring in hours in a day, uh, a push that I can get out there for new people to get it. And luckily now the studio has become a verified. This is crazy. <laughs> this is what's crazy is there's a room in the building. That's a verified Google business. You know, <laughs> I, I'm like, I have tons of Google reviews. I have everything set up, right? I have all of the business structure set up, right? I have my relationship with clients and now it's just kind of, um, it's just like wash, rinse and repeat right now. And I'm like, when do I actually dry my hands and eat the meal? You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at. And it's hard to find I guess find that depends somewhere. on what you're trying to have for dinner. Right. And that's where too <laughs> you many know hats you're hungry too for. many plates. Right. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. I think that's the problem is, yeah, the issue is I've survived doing so many things that it's cornered me into now my brain, trying to hardwire my brain to be like, all right, what's the one thing you want to do? You know, and that's what I can't figure out. And now, I like, I try managing and helping out people, and that's why I make my own music, just like I know you do, because I'm like, shit, if I'm going to put all this time behind marketing and promoting and pushing it, it might as well at least come from someone who's super passionate about it, and I'm super passionate about it, Yeah, so I might as well just represent myself, you know what I mean? But then that becomes a hurdle in itself, because you're trying to represent yourself, write the stuff, record the stuff, mix the stuff, and by the time six months passes and you did all this, you're like... You're like, damn, like I still need to book a tour and yeah. do all this. And I'm like, I'm just so burnt out. And then I just revert back to what I know, which is running the studio, you know, making records. So it, that's what it is. Now it's always getting here and like this, always getting here it's up Im- like that. It's, dude, it's impossible. Like you need to like, if you want something to work, you have to put a hundred percent into it yes. or as close as you can. Yeah. But the more hats that you wear, the more that percentage gets divided, yes. you know? And it's like, you know, you go from... If you're if you need to put a hundred percent into one thing, but you're trying to do ten things, you can only put ten percent maximum into all of those things. Yes, dude. Yes. I mean, how the fuck is that ever gonna work? How? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like when I do one or two things and not ten things, I feel like I'm doing getting nothing done. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I'm so used to always doing. <laughs> a dozen things that I feel like I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Like, know? I applaud you for doing a podcast because I wanted to do a podcast, and the only thing that keeps me from not doing it is that other damn hat. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, no. I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, no, hit. This is another thing needs to take on. But then you get people, I'll have people, we talk or in the studio, and they'll be like, dude, that's the reason why I want to do it. They're like, dude, you should make a podcast. I'm like, man, that's a really cool idea. It's probably really simple, too. Then I'm like, no, it's not that simple because I got to get people, bring them in, record it, edit it, promote it. Dude, it's, it's you know, like, what well, the that's hell? the thing is like, it is simple, but it's time mm-hmm. and that's your biggest enemy. Yes. You know, so it's just, I just try to like, I don't know. <laughs> I just try to do it. But honestly, this stuff has been really good for me yeah. coming from someone whose uh, passion for what he does yeah. is driving him to a point of insanity right. at times <laughs> right you know this these are like weekly therapy sessions right. for me right that's why people, i told you dude. people Thank don't you. even realize it you know <laughs> yeah. like 
You know, like, you know, you might think we're just recording a conversation, but mm. we're working through some shit right. that I have going on <laughs> and you're helping me out. <laughs> Dude, I know. Just like, cause I, it's the thing knows. is like over the course, I started these mm. in April, April 1st was when the first one went up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the course of having these conversations every week with different people, I'm starting to realize like, I'm not alone right. in what I'm trying to do. There's right. so many other passionate people that are have good ideas or trying to make awesome things happen. And for some things are working for them and some things aren't working for them. Right. And it's like, I'm trying to like, okay, what works for you? What works for you? Right, right. What are you doing wrong? I'm doing that. I'm going to stop doing that because right. it ain't working for you. Right, you right. Know, just trying but to... But you never know though. Something might work for you that doesn't work for them. Yeah. So you never know, man. It's just, it's... <laughs> I don't know, man, but it's it's cool. Like I really it's do. Insanity is what I it really is. do enjoy doing these, but I am like, I guess getting back on topic of like taking off some hats and yeah. things. Like I have really narrowed down what I'm doing. Yeah, I could like, cause like I don't consider th- like Team Best. I don't consider that like a full time serious project. That's yeah. like something that happens on the side. Right. And there's other things like I did uh the plutocrat new stuff with Amok and Kilter Vision. We and like that's on the side. That's nothing. that's like consuming my life right right now it's like i have sykes and gray walker right and that's it right those are the two things that i'm oh, like you play in gray walker too yeah oh okay oh that's what's up what's up you play in it the guy and the drummer that you have for you plays in it yeah and not what do the other two guys do they don't play in it do they no 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 justin uh who plays bass he's been in a bunch of other bands that's a cool dude um and uh Brandon, also, we've played in bands together in the past, and he's in a band now. Everybody is in other projects. Yeah, yeah. Which is another thing that makes the Sykes Band difficult. Yeah. Because on top of juggling adult schedules, you're juggling adults who are in other bands. Right. You know? And right. it's like, and I, I always feel, like, really guilty <laughs> making them take time out of their day to come, like, practice with me. Yeah. You know? know. It's like, I know they're doing it because they they care about it but yeah. i still feel bad because it's like i still feel like they're like hired guns yeah of some sort they're just like making my bullshit fantasies come true right right but, you ever uh, think about um you, you say you don't have time or want to do like you know the instagram and social media and stuff have you ever you know tried to really push yourself online like in like message boards and things like that not in message boards i reddits and you know i don't that's i don't really understand how that stuff works yeah um this is another problem uh kind of going back to just because you think something is the way it is that doesn't mean that's how other people view it right i'm not the type of guy that goes onto message boards i don't i mean i barely go on fucking facebook right i'm just not into that right so in my mind i think like i'm not into that nobody else is into that right but there's a ton of people that are into that and i just don't Actually, I'm going to tell you a little secret is even the people that aren't into it are into it and could eventually get into you. And this is where my strategy has been at. I don't even post flyers or do, I don't even need to go to like out to shows every weekend to promote or nothing because, uh, the real estate is online now. And this is something I try to explain to people. It's really hard to grasp now, but you could see it now when you look at it is everyone I think, what, um, uh, adults are on their phones uh, seven hours 
out of every day. They're on their phones. So like that's kind of real estate that you want as far as like just say you run ads or you're running YouTube ads or you're um, just promoting online. You're always active on your social networks and stuff. Let me tell you something. 90% of my business has come from online. 90% people ask me even about my own music. 90% of my music I market to an email list that I've grown over time. You know, people come to the site signing up. I meet them on Instagram. I'm like, hey, you should check out my music. They check out. They're like, cool. Where can I sign up? I signed. This is for years and years. You know. Plus, I got like five, six websites. Those keywords all work together. We're on all social networks as MCM Studios, hit of MCM. I'm so Berg. Like real specific things. And what's going to happen is. Well, they just opened up. Uh, now, .com is going to become like the house phone in, in a sense of uh, now it's going to be .music, .medical, .engineer. I mean, .everything. There's, they actually opened up, uh, I think they opened up like 76 new new uh, URLs that are .something. So Holy it could shit. Be, it could be Sykes, Sykes.music, you know, and or Sykes engineer or whatever the case may be and and facebook is a glimpse into the future of facebook is like our id right now right it, it's everyone's id and it, yeah you have instagram and twitter facebook is really like like having an id you know what people's lives are like you can see them age birthdays who they interact with all of that eventually that's going to be an old concept and everyone is just going to have their own domain and you're just going to go to sykes.me or, you know, hit.me. And there, right on it, just like Facebook, it'll have your picture, what you do, your music. It'll be laid out how you want it. Like It's like if you took MySpace and you just broke it apart. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. Here's your piece of MySpace. Go do what you want with it. You know what I mean? So right now, we're in this period where at real estate, dude, from tablets to phones to computers to everything, it is the amount of new fans and money you can make from just being online people think i'm lying to them whenever i explain it to them you could make when they when you see something that says i made ten thousand dollars a month just sitting online that is like not only possible but like like possible for anybody who wants to do it it's just a matter of a specific way of building building your brand up and keywords and seo to make it so i just get like organic traffic I had four calls this week, and they said, I just looked up Pittsburgh Recording Studio, and you came up. So I called you, and they said, yeah, I seen Mr. Smalls and ID Labs, but I saw that you had a whole bunch of good Google reviews, so I figure I'll call you up. And that's how I booked my sessions. I didn't meet these people at shows. I never even met them a day in my life. You know, they were just like, man, I heard people like it. And now, you know, today alone was like a new session that came in and said, you know what, I'm going to book again, and I'm going to come back, you know. And, but that's because the real estate of online accessibility, like you said, Everyone can get on a computer, everyone can use their phone, and people have lots of idle time, so they use that time going, you know, looking at fr from the dumbest shit to like cats in space yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. down to like, you know what, I think I want to record a song. I wonder if there's some studios around see, here. Now, this is, I mean? okay, see, now this is where your advantage is my disadvantage. Yeah. Um, in the sense that when people are looking for your studio yeah they're looking for something specific right 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 you right. know what i mean right, right. like nobody i mean maybe some people but yeah. like if i post something online which i do yeah more than enough you know 
at that time in their day when they're scrolling through, they're not looking for a new song to listen to. Yes, right. You know, they don't want to listen to, oh, what's Brian's weird ass up to now? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll check it out later. I don't know. I'm busy crossing the street right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Right, right. <laughs> well, that's where you just need the – um. see, now that's where SEO comes to play. Kelly Mays did this, and people don't even realize it because they didn't – um. They weren't understanding what's going on, but I understood what was going on on the back end was she was like, um, Google, everything would say, just go ahead and Google white female rapper or female rapper, she put. And when you Googled that, she was the first thing to come up when you Google white female rapper or whatever. And that's a pretty broad term, you know, for someone to just be cruising and be like, I wonder how many white female rappers there are. And there's 7 billion people in the world, so at least... At least a couple million throughout the course of a year, and I'll be like white female rapper, white female rapper, and then people wonder like, how do our videos have so many views, and she gets so much exposure and things like that, and that back end played a huge role. Now keep in mind, I've never mingled really with her or anything, but I get, I saw that when it happened, and now that I learned the art of it, now I get why they did that, you know. So you just need to capitalize and dominate the keyword that you want to be recognized for. So I don't know, like. Uh, We'll just say uh, heavy. We'll just say heavy electronic rock, right? And you want to dominate that. So then you'd you'd buy hopefully heavyelectronicrock.com. You would uh, embed in your site heavy electronic rock, uh, Pittsburgh electronic rock, uh, just real broad things. Like you just you got to think like a user when you're doing it. Like what would you just search in? You know? Sure. And they'll come up they will find you if you build it they will come so like even though you're uh more high risk like you're not a service or something that they want they're still going to get traffic to you so we'll just say even if you just get a hundred new signups you know because your site comes up first for that on your website we'll just say you get a hundred new emails those people are interested in what you're doing and there's a possibility that you know they say 10 percent uh, well, 1% of, um, 1% when you hand flyers out, they say you hand a hundred flyers out, uh, 90 of them will get tossed out or stepped on. 10 of them will get picked up. Three of them will get looked at and one of them will take action. One or two of them will take action. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like if you get a hundred emails that year and you know, you can get one or two people to take action, that may sound like little at first, but now, because those one or two people took action, they shared some things. Now, the next year, you get like 300, 400, 500 signups. Now, you got like 10 people always buying your shit when it comes out. Always, And because they're looking at heavy electronic rock, they're Googling that. And now, because those people are buying stuff and it's building, you're, it doesn't grow at 100 every year. It doubles, triples, quadruples your signups. So, we go from three, 400 in the second year to 8, 12, yeah. 1,500 the next. Because now, Google's recognizing that. They're pushing you up in, in the web searches. And, and once you dominate that site, you just sit back and you just let them come into you. And all you got to do is make sure you're making uh, content. Content will always be king on the internet. Just make, And you have no problem doing that. Make sure there's new songs out. Make sure you have a sykes.com somewhere like really easy to be, you know, every day the date's different. And it says, this is what's new today with me. Check out this song that way. Because people don't search websites. That's another thing. They go to that landing page. And if you get them to go to another page on your site, like photos or something, that's a blessing. But mainly they'll come to that front page. They'll look at what's going on. And then they that's the bounce rate. They'll bounce out. You know what I mean? So you you want to you call to action. 
right on that front page. You know, listen to this song or, yo, a new piece of merch, go see. And then they'll click that and that's usually where they'll end up. And if they don't buy the merch, they leave or they buy the merch. But either way, you led them down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about. We could go on. I could go on. Actually, I could probably teach a class on this. That's cool. And, and I'm, I'm still learning. At, like now, you know, I'm still learning new things and new techniques. But ever since my accountant told me about a guy, he was making $10,000 a month. And what he did was he made a, um, you all right? Yeah, you're good. Just... He was making uh, $10,000 a month and he was doing a, um, he was doing, <laughs> you no, were like, so... what the hell? I can't see. I was just trying to see how long it's been recording. We're good. He, uh, and he's doing that by, you know, you make uh this is like a trade secret here. The, the key is work. People don't want to put the work in is he would make, you make a niche website. So, um, we'll say like you do, uh, throwback, I don't know, throwbackmemorabilia.com. You know what I mean? And so your website on there. You'll have um, you'll have just pictures and posts of cool things, your toys and and all, all that. But then on it, you'll have AdWords running, and AdWords will put on there um, now because you have keywords on your site like Big Trouble Little China, Ninja Turtles, Aladdin. On the side, it might be an Amazon ad that says because those keywords in your site, uh, Ninja Turtle toys, uh, hot new toy nine ninety nine. So then they're already. Uh, an audience that likes that so you're hoping by driving traffic to your site your click rate they're going to click that and be like oh new ninja turtle they buy it on amazon for 10 bucks amazon gives you 10 percent. you get a dollar off of that sale and but these ads are all over your site well if you're driving millions of people to your site and we follow that rule of one to two percent take action then you're talking about maybe ten twenty thousand dollars a year yeah that you're initially making from just people who already like that. You're just feeding them the content. They see your poster on your site and they're like, I want that same poster. And then also on your site, you have a banner that says, uh, movieposters.com, get any movie poster. And yeah. they go there and they buy four movie posters and movieposters.com sends you five bucks for them buying the posters. You know, and but it's all about keywords and, and making sure to drive the traffic. And that just takes, she said, it's, it, it takes like, it's called affiliate marketing. It'll take like a year for the engine to get moving but once it gets moving and you can stay with it every day you can kick back you go on cruises or whatever the hell you want to do while the money just makes itself and they'll just keep putting the money in your bank account but the affiliate marketing you got to be a lunatic because that's one thing you i'm still in it for the passion you know like what i do yeah but your passion probably needs to be money passion needs to be money <laughs> i learned that someone gave me that quote a couple weeks ago they said Money is like a, um, money is like a, uh, it's like, um, it's like a woman, you know, you neglect a woman and a woman just goes, you know, and then you don't get that woman back. Money works the same way. If money doesn't become your focus, money won't focus on you. Yeah. You know, so, and, but if you totally, to, that's yeah. the thing is like my, my passion has always just been like making cool Music, shit. Right. I've never cool been shit. too worried about like the money. And like, it's a shame because, you know. It's so, this world is so fuck Sykes, because I'm just like, I want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing and not work a job. And I haven't worked a job in, in the past five years doing that. And I've ramped up making money, making a living, but never, um, never, never let, never think of making money as negative connotation, you know, like yeah. doing what you love and making money. That's the one thing I learned. Like, never feel bad about charging someone 
for what you can do because they can't do it. And like we said earlier, time is the biggest asset. You could be using that time to chill with your girl. You could be making new music for yourself, but instead you're going to charge, you know, 400 bucks, go shoot this video. Now you've able to make a living off of your passion and it's not wrong because you're doing it with all the right intention. And you're providing you know, a service. Going. Right. And you're for providing a service. And But don't get, don't get me wrong. Like I said, now there's a lot of people out there. They charge money, but they don't give you the service that you paid for. Yeah. And that's fucked. There's a lot of studios. There's a lot of video guys. There's a lot of web guys that their passion, those are passion jobs, but you still have to deliver and make your client happy. And But they just want the money. You know, so they're just trying to kick it out. I still want you to leave the studio and take it to someone and them go, where'd you record this at? This is awesome. Rather than be like, yeah, it's cool. You can record with my boy for free. <laughs> no, I want them to be like, I want them to call me and be like, I heard my friends and they do. They call me and they go, I heard my friend's album, dude. It sounds awesome. Can I record with you? You know, but if I was in it for the money, that word of mouth would have stopped at that client. It wouldn't have went any further. So your intention and your purpose, as long as you, it doesn't, you know, your passions for the money, but your intention is to give a good product, a good end result, and your and your purpose is the music, then th there should never look at it wrong making money. I think sometimes people they look, you know, they say, uh, you know, uh, you know, money money grabbing. I don't know, like artists, you know, that make millions of dollars now or whatever. But you got to figure, like. You know, it's just it's just a business for them. So they're not looking at it like, at least I hope not, you know, not looking at it like they're just trying to get over on you. It's just they don't want to make a living doing nothing else. So they're going to make a living doing yeah. that so they can keep doing it forever. You know? I mean, it, 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 it it's so circumstantial mm -hmm. between different people. But I mean, just me and you, like where we're at right now, like, hey, you know, we're going to give you x amount of dollars to do what you like to do right i'm gonna be like okay <laughs> like as long as it's like like okay like i don't like i just have to make stuff like yeah. you know yeah. like it's i mean i'm already doing it like right I, I feel like like i know that i work harder than so many other people who mm. like i feel like i deserve <laughs> what they have because i work harder but right. maybe i don't work harder right Right. You know, I don't know what the hell goes into everybody's it's just all, it, drive, you know? It's what, what what goes on behind the scenes. There's so much shit, like all that stuff that you were just blabbing about <laughs> the past 20 Your fucking minutes. probably like, what the hell is he talking about? Hopefully someone walked well, I'm away I'm glad with... this is recorded because I'm going <laughs> to fucking listen to it again with a notepad. Start taking notes because that's shit that I, seriously, that's stuff that I need to know and I need yeah, to get better at. You do. You know, it's just, fuck, man. 90% business, 10% music. Someone said that to me a decade ago. And, you know, I just I'm, I just feel so fortunate that the business mind was embedded in me young. You know what I mean? They're like, just figure out a way to do it and, and do an honest living. Just, you know, figure out how you're going to give people honest service. And now this is where I'm at. But now I'm like, you know, how do I get to that? to that apple level of success how do i get to that windows mat like how do you get to that what the hell did mark cuban think what was he doing to get to that level of like money and success like what did you do who did you know but like you said you don't know the background you know we don't know if these guys were you know trust fund babies or they had someone backing them or you know and i'm learning all about that like angel investors and people that want investors a lot of people out there with a lot of money that 
you know, they may hear Sykes one day and be like, dude, you make some cool ass music. I'm worth like $150 million and like a million dollars would set you off. And to him, it's just like a drop in a bucket. And he just wants to be able to say, I funded that. And I did that. You yeah. Know, it's just finding those people because those people don't hang out where normal people hang out. You know, you got to find them, write them, you know, and hopefully trigger and say the right things for them to go, all right, I'll invest in you. You know, I want 30% back on whatever, you know, over time. But yeah, I'll invest in you and the rest will be history. But it's those, uh, there's like no secret formula to success or, or to be able to sustain yourself. It's just putting yourself in the right position and being prepared when you're in those positions to pounce on the opportunity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I think that I need to, what I'm planning on doing and I say, I'm always going to fucking do this, (laughs) but like with this album that I'm putting together now, like if I don't fucking, I need to figure out how to actually get it out. Right. That's key, dude. And it's because everything out, even if you re-released a project that you did years ago, it's there, still new. It's still new. It's <laughs> new to people. You just got to figure out how am I going to get this in front of you guys, you know? Yeah. That's, I just, I want, when I, it's, I'm always, I have this really bad habit of just jumping from project to project to project. This, when I finish this album, it's going to be like, all right, pump the fucking brakes. Yes. Don't let me fucking do anything else, but try to push this fucking album. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what you got to do. And you got to push it. You gotta push it for like. I gotta push it hard, and I gotta like find some people that are willing to help me push yes. it. Because you gotta take three to six months and just push that before you decide is this a failure. But then you also gotta figure out you have to put a marker on what is success for this release. That is the most important thing to do with anything you want to do. Is in six months, what are you looking at to gauge your success? What is it you're looking at? A thousand albums sold. Uh, you know, a, a dollar amount of fucking like an amount of shows done by a certain time. Is it a combination of all those things? So you can sit down and be like, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then you could say, do I want to put more legwork behind this? Or do I now want to go on to another yeah. one? You and you also I mean? have like goals to work towards. You're yes. not just kind of like floating. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's something that I've never really even thought about it from that perspective of once the album's done thinking like, okay, I want to, What's try success? to get try to get this many sold, get this many shows done. Yes. Do maybe submit like th- for this many reviews a day yes. or a week. Yes, like make so many college radio stations. Yeah. what would be a success? It played on all. You know, of what's that, the dude. thing now? I mean, because I I work for a record label now. That's awesome. And when I released the last like album, I wasn't. And now, I mean, granted, it's in a demographic that. I'm outside of right, <laughs> but I'm always always walking uphill. I'm learning more about how the business things work from that end, right. and there are resources there that um. That's an awesome job. Who do you work for? I work at Get Hip, dude. That's sick, dude. Um, that's your day job. Yeah, that's really cool. So there's all these resources there. The radio stations that we send promos to, the record stores that we send promos to. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of those stores and things, Dude. we're sending stuff to them. It's not what they want to hear, though. Yeah. Maybe not what they Maybe. want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and all that stuff, it's in the database for me to just take. through that. Lists of emails and things. And it's like whenever I get this shit together, it's like 
I'm gonna be staying after hours. Yes, yes. Just doing. It's, Take that it's opportunity, there. dude. That's Why the an fuck awesome not? Awesome opportunity. You know, dude. That's so. Got to combine all all your knowledge with the other <laughs> knowledge that I'm getting, and that's awesome. Try to make something cool. I mean, hopefully the album turns out good. It's not yeah. recorded yet. So. From what I heard, if all them if them three songs I heard are on there, that's awesome. They're stuff, on it. Dude. That is awesome material. Yeah, you just gotta do. It. That's the biggest key I'll tell tell you, dude. Just put a number on your success. That way you can call it a success and move on. Yeah. You don't have to go on years and be like, when and where is this success coming from? No, you can say I've had success in this, success in that, success because you met those goals, you know, met those numbers. It's really important. Yeah. My clients, I'm even like that way at the studio. I have a number, it's twenty to twenty five sessions a month. If anyone is ever like, How much do you work? I work 20 to 25 sessions a month. They range from one hour all the way up to eight hour sessions. Anything over 25 sessions a month is me. Now I'm where I have two two goals, a low goal and a high goal. So if I go over 25 sessions, now I can, if I want to and I have the energy to start working towards that high goal, or if I got a couple of days left in the month, I can pass on sessions, book them next month, and use them a couple of days to make my own new music or, you know, make new beats or, or like figure out, you know, work on a little side project or whatever. And I can look at that month as a success. I'm not just always like, we just have this tendency to like always chase, always like we're chasing and we never stop to be like, dude, how much ground did I cover? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you look back and you're like, wow, we were like running. <laughs> yeah. I mean? For me, it's like I get into these, uh, I've fallen off of this now, but for a while it's like I have my Google calendar yep. and I have like, okay, like Monday blast some stuff about Sykes, Tuesday blast some stuff about Team Best, Wednesday yep. blast some stuff about Grey Walker yep. and then just like I'll post a video this day, do this and like all this stuff that I have that's, I mean, it's like a couple years old, but you know, has a few hundred views, Not that nobody's seen it, so yeah. it's still new so i'm constantly trying to push it out and it doesn't seem like it's getting any traction right right but how do i know that it's not getting traction? right right and it's like it's really hard though if you don't i feel like uh the time that we're in that instant gratification mm-hmm. type thing it's like if you're not seeing people liking things right away or mm-hmm. commenting right away it feels like it's a total failure right and then i get real discouraged and then i fall off track mm-hmm. from doing this daily promotion thing Mm -hmm. and i think that i just need to say fuck it and just keep putting it out there and shoving it in everybody's faces regardless and two back to that like whatever you do we'll say this next upcoming project uh just consolidate so you said monday do this tuesday do this for like two months only do this project and that's gonna force you even like so what happens is we do all these things and it keeps us busy, right? And, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're doing all this. But and, but we never it, – it doesn't let us find new ways to promote that one thing. And what will happen is if you promote something, we'll say, for two or three months solid, you'll do your typical things for that one week, social media. You'll go out and do hand out flyers. You'll do all that. But then the end of that next week, you'll come to find, you'll be like, I don't want to do that again. What else can I do? So then you'll start looking for other ways to promote it. Not everything, you know, nothing, everything's not keeping you busy now. Like now you've already had the success in them things, you know, social media that week. And now you're like, well, what can I do without running circles, coming back around and doing what I did last week again? And then now that's propelling you forward. 
because it's forcing you to go, all right, I did this, this, and this already. What can I do now this week that's completely different? Yeah. You know, whether it be build a website, whether it be running AdWords, whether it be getting a, like, uh, Facebook, uh, paid, paid Facebook ads. Do you fuck with that stuff? Fake. Now, yes, paid Facebook, sponsored Facebook ads. Let me tell you something. I, I ran one, not a lot, and you don't have to do it crazy. Now, this is what I explain to people. This is where you get lost. People think, you know, the budget says 5 to like $20, right? And they're thinking, dude, I got to spend like, you know, $20 to get my views, you know, this much a day. No, what I do is I spend $5 a week on Facebook and not on my personal. My personal page my personal page, but like the studio page and I'm so burg. I'll take five bucks. What that does, you spread it out for five days and it only spends a dollar a day, right? A dollar budget. But like this one post I just did for the studio, it has 60 likes and a dozen shares, right? On the studio page. Half of them likes and shares are from people I've never seen. They're not my friends. When I go to them, I have to add them as a friend if I want to know them, all of that. And there's like 800 organic and like 3,500 paid views, you know, like on that week. But you're staying in front of people. You know, this is where business and a budget is huge. So five bucks a week, that would be 20 bucks a month. Take the weekend off Saturday, Sunday, because people are busy. They're not doing shit. But Monday through Friday, just like they show you commercials on TV, just like uh, YouTube ads that you see for like a week or two before a new car is about to come out or a new something, you know, you have to think like the majors if you want to be major. So it's like, all right, I'm going to put this in front of your face. For the next 30 days, I'm going to spend $20. It's going to a dollar a day, and that's going to get, you know, so X amount of people. And now you say, now this is where you say it might be gaining traction, but who's, how do I know it's gaining traction? Well, that's what's great. Like, I have a website, and Google Analytics, um, uh, Facebook Analytics. You know, they tell you who looked at it, uh, how many people seen it, what time of day they looked at it, the gender they are, the race they are, the what they like when they look at and then over time, weeks, months, years, you can slowly really narrow down where your audience is at, who your audience is, yeah, that's, what time of day your audience gets dude, online. that shit is so over my head, you man. See, dude, You're and that's, blowing my mind. <laughs> and, and these things, like the studio, and even like if you have, uh, you ever use Google Analytics? No. So Google Analytics, if you have a website, you put Google Analytics in your website, and you can in real time, so we'll say you make a post, and it says visitsykes.com for the brand new single so-and-so, right? And you post that link. So you take the next half hour, you can put Google Analytics on real time, and you can see exactly who clicks on it, how long they're staying on it, what the little bar that moves. Really? Yeah, little bar that moves. It'll show you where they're at, what city they're in, what type of computer they use, everything. What the it, it'll fuck? tell you everything. You sit, and it's all, this is free. I don't pay, you don't pay for nothing. You just put a plug-in in. It's a free Google uh, um, SEO tool. And it'll just come up and say, so like this, if I post 412mcmstudios.com and I post the link, I guarantee within three minutes, little bar will pop up and it'll start counting down and it counts up. So it goes from like one second. And usually people stay on the site anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes because they're, they're coming for something that they, that they want. Plus, uh, you know, they're looking at the pricing. They're looking at the, they're getting familiar before they call me to book, but I'm able to see that you want that self gratification. You're able to see that now, like, wow, that's awesome. In the past half hour, six people visited my site from Indiana, Ohio, New York, you know, and it has a map there with a little bubble showing where they're at and, and everything. And now now you're able to say, all right, now I'm able to get where my audience is at. And you can even narrow it more. Like when I run my Facebook ad, 
you got to go in there and really set it up. You know, people on Facebook, they deplete their money so fast because they chose Facebook ad, 20 bucks, run it. You know, they don't realize that's running to the United States, you know, everyone all the time. So your money's gone in a second. I'm a studio in Pittsburgh, so I'm going to market my studio to people on Facebook who are from Pittsburgh, specifically saying, check out, like, like a keyword for me is check out my new song. So when someone types in, check out my new song, and they cruise Facebook for a little bit, one time they're going to refresh and on the side, it's going to say, recorded MCM Studios, get the best quality for your next song. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, word, so now, now, like, I've grabbed that audience, you know? It's a little easier, like you said, when it's a service. Yeah. When you're an artist, you got to figure out then what, you got to really, you got to look at the man in the mirror, you know, and, and be like, you know, be, just be honest with yourself. What do I look like? What what do other people perceive what I do as? You know, even if you don't want to put a certain label on it, you have to in order to really get yeah. to your core audience. You know, like people do not like, it's like when you let someone hear a song. Some I used to get weird about this, but sometimes artists get weird. You'll hear it and you'll be like, yeah, it kind of sounds like this and that. And they get a little offended by it, like that it sounds like something. Yeah. But actually, that's invaluable information that someone just told you. Because now you can take that and we'll say, like, you let me hear a song. And I'm like, dude, that sounds like a head PE jam. You know what I mean? Now you can take that information online. And when you make your next Facebook post, your keywords you can put, I like head PE. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, people who post a new head PE track, you're popping up next to them. And then they're like, you know, and if you kind of, like, sound like that, they're like, dude. This is kind of like this. This is cool, and now now you're slowly like pulling them in. You know what I mean? But it just it just takes time too. It's not like I've done these things and in a week, you know, it blew up. It's just over years, you know, it just forced me to find new ways and new ways because I, like I said, I love the passion of it, but at some point it came to the decision where you you, you just have to learn the shit you don't want to learn. Yeah. And and I think that's why a lot of parents, you know, they say go to school because what. I don't agree, you know, everyone learns their own way, but what school does is, school is the backwards of what me and you do. We did the passion of what we love. Now, I'm I'm forcing myself to learn the books of it, the mechanics yeah. of it, shit that you're yeah. like, you're like, dude, I feel like I'm in class. Like, there's plenty of days where I'm like, at the computer, I'm reading my tablet, you know, marketing techniques, and like, that be that's what the class was, you know, the fundamentals. And then they go out into the field and get internships and learn the thing. We learn the stuff. Now we need to work back in and learn the marketing, learn the book work and things. And then once we put them, sandwich those two things together, we're going to be able to get to where we want. But we can't until we do both. And that helped me understand why people say stay in school, go to school, because it's keeping you learning the fundamentals and basics of success, which can really only get learned from TED Talks and, you know, uh, you know, term papers and things. It's it, you're actually learning things without realizing it. And then once you go apply and you get your internship and stuff, you know, then you can learn the the art of it, the scratching and making the, yeah. pizza, you know, but, Fuck, you, man. but you know how to, but you, but you know how to make money off of it, market it thing. Now you, that's, that's now second nature, not the creation of it, you know? So you just gotta, just gotta go back to school, whether it be, you know, uh, literally or figuratively, you know what I mean? You just gotta go to school and, and learn in order to keep yourself relevant, you know? Shit, man. Holy shit. <laughs> You really should have your own podcast. <laughs> Fuck, man. I'm sorry. 
Start the. Funny. Let's give me start the beat with hit. I retire. <laughs> you fucking take it over, man. Fuck. And it's cool though talking to you though. It's real cool talking to you because um, these are things that all run my head all day. And I have as you come to my house, I have whiteboards all over. This is another thing. I have three big whiteboards, probably as big as that poster. And one whiteboard is what I need to do that month. One whiteboard is all my ideas, and another whiteboard is what I need to look up and do, and that's all of that. A, that's like I have like notes in my phone galore. Just like, have no, dude, notes galore. But let me tell you something. This is gonna help you out a ton. Get a whiteboard. Get a whiteboard. That door is perfect. Hanging on that door because let me tell you something. It's cool in your phone and it keeps it there. But if you can get up off this bed every day and go, okay, I want to fit in this week one practice. I want to make one new song. And you're seeing that every day. It's forcing you subliminally to do that. Yeah, I mean, I see it all. I think it works out. In my, I mean, I yeah. look at the notes. Yeah. I probably, you know, I, I will like... I have like a to do. I'll have like separate to do list categorized by different things in my phone. Yeah. I'll look at it and be like, okay, like I think everything's good. Yeah. And then like two seconds later, I'm looking at it again. Like, no, that can't be right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what am I missing here? Like, and I'm like, I mean, it's like, uh, let your notes brainstorm. I should put it like that, and let the whiteboard be the hundred percent to dos. So like, those are your. That's what I say. It's like, how is my week a success? What is your gauge of success Monday that the last Monday through Sunday was a success? And that's what I do. You know, I write it down. Yeah. If I, if I get more done than this, that's great. But if I get less done than this, I didn't meet my goal. And But these are the clear ones. And I, oh, dude, I have notes galore on my phone. But then out here, I'm like, for sure, these are the 10 things I want to get done this week. You know, and everything else is extra. And this is that journey to taking each hat off. Like, I'm slowly slowly putting myself through therapy of like all right let's take this hat off let's take that hat off and eventually i will have all the hats off and I'll, i will peel everything away to get to <laughs> that one thing you yeah know? but you gotta learn you gotta learn this shit man if you want to stay relevant and just not lose it man because i just don't want to lose it i don't because people that's another thing dude people think that unless you're Unless you're not on like HuffPost and BuzzFeed, and unless you're not on TV or MTV, it's like they look at you and they're like, "How could you possibly be making a living off of like the arts, like music and things like that?" And they don't understand that there's tons of people everywhere. Like there's tons of bands and artists that go on tour and make a living and all that that like I still haven't heard of. I come across them, I'm like, "How haven't I heard of you?" Best best example, Dexter. I started watching Dexter, the show Dexter. Yeah. And I looked at it the one day on the Netflix, and I'm like, this show came out in 2005. Like, that's when it started, Dexter. It is about to be 2015, 10 years later, and I'm just finding out <laughs> about Dexter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it just kind of, like, makes you it, – It made. I had a realization for a moment where I'm like, you just need to keep doing it until – and what you love until you have the platform and the platform luckily for Dexter was Netflix. Same thing with Breaking Bad, House of Cards, all the, uh, Doctor Who, all them shows, you know, those are old shows. Trailer Park Boys came out in two, 2001. Trailer Park Boys came out. You know that show? Yeah. 2001. I just found out about it two months ago. Someone told me about it. And that's why I'm like, dude, 
those people back then were probably like, dude, people hate our show. They don't want to watch our show, nothing. But now everyone's watching it because they stuck with it long enough and the times gave it the platform to be like, here you go. And that was, ne- that was Netflix. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just got to figure out what's, what is Sykes platform, you know, to, to, to get it to them, you know? And, and that, I think that's anyone, any artist, you got to figure out what is your, you know, what is your audience? What's your built-in platform in to deliver it to people consistently? And it starts back with the Google Analytics and, and analyzing things and taking months and weeks to get an idea of just like where they're coming from, who they are, you know, and then you can start narrowing, narrowing, narrowing down to a point where it's like, okay, cool. This is my Netflix. This is where I'm going to put my music. That's where I get the most traffic. And then, then you pump that and boom, Sykes is an internationally known name. All right. <laughs> what happens? All right. This is going to be the last thing that we're going to we'll end on this. All right. All right. Let's see if you have the answer to this question. All right. All right. What happens if I narrow my audience down and it becomes a group of people that I don't want to be with? <laughs> Whoa, that is a realization right there, boy. Um... Because I'll tell you something. A lot of the people who I have found really like, st- it's ha- okay, not a lot of the people, but it's happened to me more than enough where a lot of the people who latch onto my music are people that I don't, I don't know how to say this. I feel like it's like not the market that I thought I was aiming at. Yeah. Okay, and it's like yeah. a different demographic of people that it's like they're into things that, I don't necessarily like like an ICP audience kind of like that would be a good example, but no, it's not that type of audience, but that would be a good thing. Like yeah. say like, Oh, like, like I so- didn't want ICP fans, but now that, those are my fans. ICP yeah. Fans. And it's like, this is uh could be really fruitful Yeah, if I go towards that, but I was trying to make music for this, this over here. And now this is my demographic. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but I, if they're the only people that are understanding it, then yeah. maybe it's like maybe I just have a dramatic misunderstanding uh-huh. of myself. Uh-huh. And that's, that is what it is. What What's going to happen is you're just going to come to the facts of things. This is why you do all this back-end business work is you'll come to the fact of this is who this appeals to. That's why like someone like Taylor Swift or someone, you know, that concept is so built in. Like, all right, 12 to 17-year-old girls are really going to like this and we know she wants to do that so that's it now you're trying to figure out what that demographic is and i think no matter who the demographic is as long as they love what you're doing you shouldn't even you sh- you should be thankful for it I yeah say. oh yeah I totally th- i think you should stick with it i think eventually you'll you'll embrace it Kind of like uh, the Beastie Boys. You know, they said no one liked the Beastie Boys. And and the Beastie Boys went on tour with Madonna. They booed, booed them off stage. They went on tour with Run DMC. They booed them off stage. They were booed everywhere until they found their audience of, like, you know, they kind of started that uh, college party frat-like audience, you know? And they're like, then they found it, you know? And I'm sure they were like, well, we wanted, you know, they were thinking they were going to get all the pop stars of Madonna and all the hardcore guys of Run DMC. And really their audience was like doing keg stands. They weren't even at the show and they were throwing frat parties, you know what I mean? So, and I'm sure that at first they were like, ah, all right, fuck it. You know, like if that's what pays the bills and that's who's spending my shit, you know, it, but it'll start with them. Even if it's an audience where you didn't mean to cater to them, this is the, this is the beauty of it is 
as long as you accept them and they'll accept you and, and they're going to embrace that, you're going to embrace that, then you're going to start to spill out and you're going to capture people. You're probably going to capture that audience that you meant to get. You're going to capture even, you know, an odd, a couple other audiences that you'll be like, I didn't even really didn't mean to market to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, but you're, you're going to need that, that energy, that energy core first, that nuclear energy core that's going to take you and, and get you out to everyone, you know, just weed it down, get them, build that relationship and then let them take it out into the world and, and let it do because I'd much rather market to someone who really, really likes my stuff because they're going to tell people rather than someone I want to like it. And it's like, I'm fighting for you to like it, fighting for you to like it. I can't get you to like it. These guys, I put a new song out. They all buy it the same day. Fuck it. I'm going to do it because you know what? You guys are trend guys. And eventually they're going to buy it. And so many of their friends are going to like it and buy it. You're going to jump on anyway. Yeah, you're already gonna, you're gonna get on just just because they like it. Same fucking concept with zombies. How the fuck? Zo <laughs> Remember when zombies was like this dork thing? Yeah, and they were like, oh, stupid ass zombies. Now you got like fucking you know pumpkin spice girls. You know what I mean? Like wear Uggs. Like oh my god, Walking Dead's coming on. And, and ten years ago they were the ones like you fucking geek. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you just gotta find your audience, just stick with them, believe in them how they believe in you, dude, and they'll get you. All the success you want to have. All of it, man. Well, shit, man. You gotta excuse me. I came here. This, <laughs> was, this was actually, uh, I got a little under weather. So you know this Pittsburgh weather. Fuck it. Yeah. It went from, it was like 80 degrees the other day, and now it's like 40 out today. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm trying not to get this sickness that everyone has. So I'm uh, loaded up on vitamin C and tea, <laughs> and tea you know? <laughs> Well, man, it seems like you really have it all. You have it figured out. You. No, and I don't have it figured out, but I have the mind and I have yeah. the will to just figure you, it out. Yeah, you, you know, are a, a, a positive force yes. to be reckoned with, man. Thanks, man. Holy shit. A lot of negative I, makes a lot of positive. I wasn't, I wasn't mentally prepared for this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatsoever. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, I usually... I'm sorry. I usually cut these at an hour. We're at an hour 42. That's crazy. I didn't feel like I've been here. No, dude. For that. You're just dropping knowledge. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking it in. You know? I, I feel honored to, to come and share it. And I hope, you know, I hope your audience, it spills over into your audience. And, dude, like I just said to you, you know, it may be people I unintentionally wanted to market to, but now hopefully maybe they'll look me up and maybe. I wasn't the type of thing that they thought that they were going to like. And now maybe they'll come to me like, well, that is what I like, you know? So yeah. Hopefully. And then whenever it's done, I'll share it in my networks, you know, whenever you got it, all my social networks and stuff. So hopefully, you know, this is all, this is all life. Life is a business. Yeah. That's another <laughs> thing with the podcast too, is it's cross promotion. Yes. It's yes. fuck. If you talk to the right people. Yeah. And, and you should <laughs> still have like me and you share similar ideas and, and have similar things. As long as you just stay in the realm of, you know, you know, your flavor, you know, then this is going to be, this is going to be something people latch on to just the same, man. Just like your music, just like Team Best, just like anything, you know? Well, thanks for coming over, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a fucking, it's a blessing, man. <laughs> it is. It it's is. Awesome, it felt man. good to get it off. Can I plug something? Yeah, totally. Do what you gotta do. Uh, if you wanna uh, record music, if you need, if you need somewhere you wanna record or get stuff mixed or mastered, and you want it done right, four one two mcmstudios dot com. 
That's the studio website, pricing and all that. And then if you want to hear my own music and see what I do, it's hittofmcm.com, hitofmcm.com. And you can find me everywhere online, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, Hit of MCM. It's Hit of MCM everything, H-I-T-T of MCM. Yeah. And uh, if you connect with me, I always connect with you and talk back and all that. So, But thanks for having me here. Start the beat with Sykes and Hit. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking over. Thanks for coming over, man. No doubt, man. And that is all, folks. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Did you learn something? Did you? Did you learn something? Did you take some notes? Did you write some things down to remember for later? I did. So don't feel bad if you did. He's a he's a smart dude. That's a lot of a lot of useful information in this conversation that shouldn't be taken lightly. And uh, I'm really glad I got to you know sit down and talk with him again. I need to feel like. I need to do it again sometime, and not even to record it, just to sit down and pick his brain about some shit. So, I don't know, maybe we can all get together and just hang out with him. Maybe he can teach a seminar or something, we'll we'll get something together. But, uh, yeah, feel free to come back again next week. I'll, I'll be here, talking to somebody else, and it'll be cool. It'll be great, I promise. So, yeah, I am Sykes, Start the Beat, 2014, whoop, woo! Thanks for listening.